welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, the podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Uh, this is our Christmas special episode. And today I'm joined by my guest and very dear friend from the USA, Vicky O'Grady-Longo, who is better known as the Joy Kindler. Hi, Vicky. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. So glad to be here. Love you. Absolutely. This is something we don't very often get the chance to do. We do have a, a couple of Zooms during the year. Uh, we have met in person a couple of times over here in the UK when you've been in London. Um, Yay. But this is great. Christmas, you know, Christmas is upon us. You're the joy kindler. So what What a great excuse to do a podcast in yes. the month of December about joy and how that can impact business so uh to get things off to a start we'll get some sleigh bells going there you go let's put an even bigger smile on your face um i've got my christmas jumper on as well and i don't do these very often so uh i've got out of mr grinch mode especially for you so how did you become known as the joy kindler vicky and and what has been your inspiration to bring joy into the workplace well, joy has always been something I've been in search of since I was a little girl. And uh, I always wondered what people that were so happy had, like what was inside of them. And, you know, I noticed that a lot of people show up every day, not as their best selves. And so I went to grad school at 55 and I worked on human motivation and pretty much studying the DNA of joy. And I say that loosely because there was no formal research, but basically mm. what I did is I just went into positive psychology, neuro-linguistic programming. I took a guts course. I you know, did a lot of work around what causes people to actually have a more positive affect. And I was calling myself the chief joy officer. I actually created a role, wrote the qualifications and thought that I would pitch that to the company that I work for and to be their first ever chief joy officer. And that kind of morphed into working with different groups of people. And one day, a friend of mine, his name is June Chang. He said, oh, well, what you do is you kindle joy at work. You kindle joy. He goes, you're the joy kindler. Yeah. And I said, oh, I love that. And it's just stuck. So for the last three or four years, I've been known across social media and in my company as the joy kindler. Wow. So, so that's a new one to me. I, I wasn't aware of that. And, and we've known yeah. each other probably a couple of years. And I, I, I'm connected to June Chang. I know I know June. And yeah, so that's where it came from, the Joy Kindler. Isn't that nice? I think affirming to yourself that you're a certain way or you're, you do a certain thing or you have a certain feeling is one thing. But for somebody else to impart such a fantastic name for you like that I, I think it's wonderful so well done june chang wherever you are today merry christmas and uh what what a great name that's brilliant yes. so oh my goodness vicky I, i'm almost bursting with excitement because you and i get on like a house on fire uh we always have a great <laughs> laugh with when we see each other so to do this podcast it really is a bit a bit surreal but can you in in the context of manufacturing because my my working life as an exec recruiter is within manufacturing the business you work for pfizer you know pharmaceuticals you know that's you know without manufacturing we wouldn't be able to get medicines and and vaccines and all these you know fantastic you know pharmaceutical products out to the communities so manufacturing is important 
no matter where you look in in the world. But in terms of the business world and manufacturing, how do you define joy? And what role do you think it plays in perhaps, you know, being able to create a high performing culture? Yes. I mean, that's the that's the million dollar question. Everyone Mm -hmm. is looking at ways to understand what it is to get people back to work. And what does that actually mean to get back to work? Does it mean physically in an office? Does that mean a more collaborative, a more productive team? So what I've done is I've taken all of the research that I've done as well as looked at how do we get more joy instilled in people and what does that actually mean at work? Because sometimes we don't really talk about these emotional things at work. But if you have people that are showing up every day in your manufacturing sites and they are not motivated, they aren't willing to be collaborative, they're not team playing, and they're showing up just to collect a paycheck, mistakes will be made. There will be accidents because it happens all the time on the lines. You know, I'm married to a health and safety guy. And it's really important to have all of your attributes turned on like a light switch when you come to work. So what does that mean to the person standing next to you? What does that mean to the people you face in your leadership? And what does it mean to the people that you're bringing into the organization? And how does that trickle down? And how does that cause people to be connected to the mission? How do they bring their why? How do they have passion and purpose in their job? Because what I see every day is people don't want to work. I don't, I don't know what it is, um, but the vast majority of people go to work, but it's like they're asleep in the light. Yeah. They're going because they have a job, they're going to get a paycheck, they get some benefits, and it puts food on the table. But it's a drudgery. You know, I commute to New York City every day, and I uh, go through the train, subway stations, the bus stations, and there are days where I take the bus and then I have to walk underground in Port Authority to get my subway. And I feel like I'm walking amongst robots. Most yeah. people are disconnected and not engaged because they're wearing ear pods. So they can't hear anything except what they're listening to on their phone and they don't want to engage. Yeah. They, you know, it's like a bunch of uh, gerbils on a wheel just following each other. Let me get the subway. Let me get the bus. Let me walk to the office. I mean, it's yeah. so routine and mundane that we've lost that human connection. So for me, it starts with joy because joy never travels alone. Joy is always found with abundance and joy is always found with gratefulness. And I started out saying that that was the jag of life or that was the jag of work. You know, you you can go a little bit deeper because then I realized there were a couple of things missing. So my keynote that I bring into organizations and corporations and sales teams is living jagged. So how do you wake up every day and find yourself living with more joy, abundance, grace, grace, and gratitude? Yeah. Because if you're not living from that place and you're not working from that place, what is your purpose? So for me, it's a mission field. And the passion project is to actually stand in front of people and ask them questions that would cause them to take a deeper dive into why they do what they do. And then help leaders understand what it is that's going to bring people back together because it's not, it's not lost on me. We're, we're in community. That's what we are as humans. We're in families, we're in communities, we're in order, right? But what happened? You know, we thought it was going to be the sleeping pods and the massage um, opportunities and the 
coffee pods and every, you know, all the things that we've created to get people to come to work isn't why they want to come to work. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I think over the last 10 years or so, there's been a, a lot of businesses. I'm not just talking about manufacturing, just businesses in general, um, certainly in the UK that have, that have brought in, you know, table tennis tables or bar football tables, or, you know, like, like you say, these sort of pods and breakout areas and, I mean, I'm not knocking these things. They're, they're all well and good um, for five minutes whilst you're on your, your your lunch hour. But actually, the facts, going back to what you were saying earlier about people aren't engaged, I, I think that in itself is a pandemic the world over. You know, there are a lot of disheartened folk going to work because they have to, because they've got to keep a roof over their family's head. They've got to put food on the table. And we're all in that same boat. But... I've certainly felt the necessity to live more of my purpose and my why through my work. Once you start seeing work as just a, a means to an end, just a, well, I've got to do this because we need money to, to live and pay the bills and everything else. That's where that other word comes in that you used earlier. And I'm going to repeat that the word drudgery. I don't hear that word very often, thankfully. But I'm glad that you use that word because that's exactly how I felt in the past working for other people where, yeah, you enjoy some of the job, you enjoy some of the people. Um, but there are certain things that prohibit people feeling joy at work. Yeah, and, and some people do go to work with a spring in their step because they absolutely love what they do. But if you're in the wrong team, if the team around you aren't feeling it, if they're negative Noras and they always see the, the, the negative side of things, that just pulls you down, doesn't it? So, you know, work, yes, it is a means to an end. We've all got to work to pay the bills and keep a, keep a, a, a roof over our head. But like you say, I think it is about going deeper than that. It's about, well, why are we, not just why are we going to work? Why am I doing this particular job today? You work for Pfizer, who are doing great things with their pharmaceuticals, medicines, and all the rest of it. You know, my work involves people, executive recruitment. You know, I'm helping people with their careers. I'm helping to add value to businesses through people. And I love what I do. I love talking to people and finding out about them. Um, but some people have jobs where they're stuck in a team where there are silos or that nobody talks to each other. They're not valued. They don't feel rewarded. So all of these things, it all I think it all does come back to culture. It, you know, most of the problems in a business it revolve around culture, but joy is such a huge, huge component of great culture, isn't it? So if you're not feeling joyful about yourself, you're not going to take that into the workplace. You're not going to be empathetic and maybe try and help someone else who's struggling. So, well, I think um, too, um, I was thinking about like in the manufacturing sector, how it's so different from, you know, kids that are, they go through school and they they go to college and, you know, yeah. I don't think everyone needs to go to college. And I think there's something to be said for self-gratification when we're using our hands. And at the end of the day, we've actually produced something and we have that, that, um, you feel like you've done like farmers, right? They, they plant the seeds, yep. they work the farm, and then there's a, a harvest. You know, I always remember my grandfathers, both of them, especially my dad's dad, my grandpa O'Grady, he was always a factory worker. But when he came home, 
his day was done. And then yeah. he focused on his family. He had something that provided him with a means to make a living, but also the things that he worked on in the factory gave him a self-satisfaction. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people in their jobs, I don't think that they have self-satisfaction because we're so tethered now and your job never ends. Our yeah. jobs are 24 seven. We have phones, we have email, we have social media, we have internet. It's like, you know, in the olden days, as crazy as that sounds, when you came <laughs> home, your job was done yeah. unless you were like a doctor or you needed to go back to the hospital or something. But today, manufacturing plants run 24 seven, seven days a week. Yeah. Hospitals, you know, the pharmaceutical world that I'm in, people need medicines 24 hours, seven days a week. And I'm on the sales side. But I just see this conundrum where we have needs and we have wants, but how do we splice ourselves so that we work to live and we don't just live to work? Yeah. And where is that personal satisfaction and that gratitude for what we do? And how do you find who you are in what you do? And how do you make sure that you belong in that culture? Mm. I think a lot of people outstay their, their lifetime in their role. I think yep. people don't move on because they don't have the right coaching. I don't really like the word fit, but a lot of times people are brought into roles because they're meeting a census or the company has um, a quota that they're trying to meet. And I think deep down inside, everybody kind of knows that and it doesn't feel good. And then you're placed on a team and the team is now having to work harder because maybe you're not as qualified for the role or you could have been trained differently yeah. and brought up i just feel like there's a lot of that undercurrent right now that no one's really talking about but everybody's feeling and that is certainly a joy sucker you know <laughs> yeah i yeah i i agree i mean we've got so many things in the business world well not just in business but just in society in general um rules regulations trends legislation i think you name it certainly yeah and 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 the rest i think from from a business perspective i this is my own personal opinion other opinions are of course available um but i do think there is an awful lot of posturing and and tick box exercises going on in businesses because that is the way that government I, I don't know who makes up all this new stuff anyway the latest thing um yeah. wh whatever that latest thing is but i i certainly from a recruitment point of view my, my view will always be i'm not ticking any boxes for anybody i will judge who is the best candidate for that role and it's not going to be on their gender or their um their ethnicity or their beliefs or any I'd, just all of that is just a load of hogwash for me yeah it should always be about who's the best person for that for that job that particular job i want you multiply that up and you've got different people in a team if you haven't got people in the right places and you're not playing to individual strengths and i've seen it before you've had people in a team where that person's not the best in that role so why are you making them do it you know that person clearly needs support with xyz you know you need to play to people's strengths we're all unique we should celebrate our uniqueness shouldn't we businesses should celebrate and recognize that we're all different don't try and mold us all into the same mold because it's not working um 
and everybody should be recognized everybody no matter what your beliefs are what your gender is where you're from who cares we're all human beings we're all the same from that yeah. perspective and we all want we all want the same we thing the, the same basic things. the basic human need is to be loved yeah so how do you get to the heart of the matter in business right and that's where i come in as a chief joy officer to steer the conversation around what are you doing and it isn't just about well-being programs either I think yeah. a lot of corporations grasp at different things and they buy different opportunities and they say, oh, put this app on your phone and you can listen to this meditation or, oh, you know, hook up to this and we'll count your steps. And again, it's more tracking and it's more pushing out. And my whole purpose is pulling people in. Yeah. How do we pull people into the mission? What is your mission? You know, what does it actually mean in a global perspective? Like, it's great to have these sayings on a wall or on the front of your handbook, but how do you take that off the wall and actually put that into the steps of your people? Yeah. How do you get your people to connect with it is with what it is that you're making or what it is that you're serving? And how do you do? Do you do you increase philanthropy? I think volunteerism and philanthropy has a lot to do with it. I think Absolutely. people feel connected. You know, that's the other thing I always say that there's three there's three points to a person's life to be remembered, to be connected and to be celebrated. And yeah. how what how good are we doing as corporations and manufacturing segments? How good are we doing at celebrating our people? The thank yous, the bonuses, the little things that make so much difference in a person's life. People just want to hear thank you. Yeah, they want a handwritten note. It isn't even about the prize. It's about being prized. Yeah. You know, the soul of a corporation, you know, the bottom of a shoe is based on the soul of its people. And that's what my thesis was about. How do you get the soul of your corporation so solid that the soul of your people can come in without a cloak? Yeah. They can be authentically who they are because there is no such thing as me at home personally and me at work professionally, like we used to talk about personal and professional balance, right? It's not, it's a harmony. Yeah. And if you can't go to work as who you are, and I think that's what I see in the morning as people are shuffling off the buses and subways to their offices, it's like they're going through their metamorphosis. They're leaving their personal yeah. life behind and they're going to a job where they can't be themselves. And this is not across the board because, you know, my husband works for a company where they're totally 100% authentically themselves day in and day out. They're, yeah. They don't have to change, you know, but it's a social company. It's based on, um, you know, more entertainment versus my my role in pharmaceuticals, which is much more, you know, professional. And there's a certain um, atmosphere of, of yeah. um, you know, importance. So I don't know. I think about like you as a recruiter. I think you're the gateway to changing the culture in a corporation because the people that you bring to the table have already been vetted and you now have this um, wonderful collaboration with John where you actually offer coaching as well. So that candidate is really yeah. going to be more well-rounded and more well-suited for the role that you're putting them in. And I think that has a lot to do with searching for the right people and making sure the right people are at the right place at the right time at the right table which is to me is invaluable because then you don't have, you know, joy in the workplace eliminates attrition. Yeah. Joy in the workplace eliminates firing someone. 
there's so much more to it that's underneath the surface. And when you talk about joy as a corporate value, it's just about holding the hearts and the hands and the souls of your people and making sure your people are okay and have the tools that they need to be successful. But it isn't about, like I said, it's not about all the stuff. It's about the person. Do you as the leader know your people's names? Is your corporation so big that you don't even know who you're terminating in a reorganization? Yeah. Is your, you know, do you have that, that connection? I met a leader recently who works for a company of about 10,000 people. And one of his things is every day he writes a handwritten birthday note to the people in his company. That is his priority. Everyone in that company, 10,000 people do the math, right? Yeah. 10,000 people get a handwritten birthday note from this leader. Imagine the ripple effect that that has in the company that their birthday was remembered and the leader sees them. Well, that's unusual. I can't imagine many, many leaders doing that. Uh, certainly of a, you know, in a company of a certain size, maybe a small family owned business that might be the norm, but certainly not in corporate. Yeah. Um, so on this, on this topic then Vicky of um, joy being, it's sort of like an underlying superpower if you like it, it can have such a, a a ripple effect on lots of different things for the individual for the business how how can organizations get that sort of because I, I know what it's like there's there's a lot of doubting thomases out there and it's like well you know what's in it for us really this is all very nice but is it actually going to help us function better as a business is it going to make us more money i think yes in in, in the long term but you've got to start somewhere haven't you you've got to I think it takes a brave leader to make that decision, say, hey, we're going to embrace this because our culture does need a bit of work. And, you know, joy is one of those things that, you know, anybody can bring that into a business. But what what have you got any examples that you could sort of give of where you've seen joy having led to a, you know, a tangible improvement in the workplace, whether that's, you know, employee satisfaction, productivity or whatever. Cause I would imagine a lot of leaders will say, well, it's okay talking about joy. And in principle, yeah, it sounds great, but what people, you, you start getting the bean counter mentality then, don't you? So, well, what's, what's been the financial impact? So are there, are there any sort of tangible um, benefits that you've seen from, you know, injecting joy into the workplace? Oh, absolutely. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at the first page on the World Happiness Report, and you can see everything that's been measured across the globe about companies that have high attrition, um, less productivity. So I'll give you a personal example. At the company where I work, I was able to deliver something this week called A Week of Joy. And we we married it with World Gratitude Day. And yeah. every day we had a video that went out in an email to the people on my team. And each day had a different theme. And then we culminated the week with a uh, hour of gratitude with our friend, our mutual friend, Kevin Monroe. Yes. We, sent, we sent out I'm grateful for you cards and a thank you note from our president to the people in our division, about a thousand people, a little bit yeah. more. And just that one act alone increased productivity that week. The week ended with, uh, it was National Ice Cream Cone Day here in the United States where everybody went out and got an ice cream cone. 
But what happened was I got feedback from hundreds of colleagues. They had never gotten an envelope in the mail from leadership before in their career. Some people here 30 plus years with a thank you note that just said, I'm grateful for you. Yeah. That energy led to more productivity, higher sales for that week, more engagement, and just this ripple effect of joyfulness that went out across the company. People really felt valued. Yeah. And it's a simple thank you note on a postcard that says, I'm grateful for you on one side. And on the other side, you know, it was a heartfelt, I see you. I know what you're doing out there. You know, you're a revenue generating role. We need you. Um, I'm proud of you. The things that you don't really hear at work. Yeah. And there yeah. are people who've told me that they've got that postcard taped on the dashboard in their car. As a reminder. Yeah. So that's yeah. just one example. We've been working on joy um, for a long time. And it's one of the corporate values. Unfortunately, when you undergo reorganizations and when you have changes, it kind of <clears throat> could be like an emotional vampire and take the joy away. Yeah. So we've got some repairing to do and we're going to rebuild as we have new changes coming next year. But it starts with each one of us. So from a corporate perspective, if you're a leader and you're overly concerned because, you know, it's all capitalism. Yeah. You can't put profit before people. And I say that tongue in cheek because the whole reason that we're in business is to profit, right? But if your people know that you value them, and it does start with you as the leader, yeah. it has to be yeah. in your heart. You have to have gratitude. You have to have a gratitude practice. You have to have the ability to notice people. You have to have a way to segue out of the accounting side of the business yep. and realize that there won't probably be exponential profit there will be profit but what we're talking about is exponential and when you work with your people and you bring someone in like me you know as a consultant who sits down with you and can put together a 21 days of dreaming program um 11 days in the power of joy um a gratitude encounter a belonging workshop these are things that are ongoing and the good news is that they're not millions of dollars yeah we're talking about less than $5 an employee. I delivered Joy Week for less than $4 and I think 47 cents an employee. Yeah. And the return on the investment was way more than that. So what happens is, is you have someone who can manifest opportunities bringing in listening coaches because listening is really important. So Absolutely. Colin Smith comes in and does this amazing listening workshop. And then after about three to six months, there seems to be a change in the tempo and you start to see that people are engaging differently. Mm. Your numbers are starting to look different and you're getting the impact that you want both um, in the product that's being delivered, in the retention of your consumers, because now your consumers are picking up on that. And I know you shared a video with me this morning about joy is shared. Think about your marketing campaigns. There is a major company out there that we all get our products delivered to. And it's three older women who ordered something online and they went sleigh riding. And it was the experience because joy is the experience yeah. in your corporation. And that's what people want to feel. People want to feel. And right now, I don't think people are feeling. They're yeah. afraid to feel. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? It does. It's, it's really interesting. And I, I couldn't believe actually that, that advert this morning, I was sat there having a, a, a cup of tea, just thinking about doing this podcast with you today. Today's Saturday, by the way, for anybody who's listening and um, lo and behold, uh, thinking about this podcast with the joy kindler, my great friend Vicky. And then I'm sat there and an advert for Amazon uh, comes on the TV, as you say, with these three old ladies. Uh, one of them buys the other three, uh, look like look like a foam cushion to go on a sled or a sleigh, yeah. or however you pronounce yeah. that. And yeah. they all go bombing down this hill, probably with relieving joy. a bit of their youth with, with absolute joy. And I thought that that is just surreal. I'm going to be online with Vicky in about an hour's time. And I've just had a, an advert on because the strap line at the end was, um, was it share the joy or something like that? Wasn't it? It's joy is better shared. Joy is better shared. There you go. So yeah. well done, Amazon, whoever thought that one up in your marketing team. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, yes. So th there's one thing that I'm trying to figure out in my mind then, and, and it, and it's about how are organizations and in particular the naysayers, you know, the people that, you know, are probably a, a little bit dismissive about joy being a, a thing that you can bring into the workplace that's going to have this big effect well actually it, it will um but for for the for the leaders out there how how are they going to achieve that balance because you know the business still has got to make money it's got to make it's got to be profitable um so there, there's that argument of well how much or when or how do we go about changing and you know injecting this joy into into the business We've still got a business to run at the end of the day. So how, how do they get that balance? Good question, because you have to give to take, right? And you said before, how does this make sense? Well, yeah. it actually, it actually makes C-E-N-T-S. It makes sense because it will, it'll offer the opportunity for people to be able to bring their gifts forward. There yeah. are a lot of people who are, able to do things at no charge. And there are a lot of people in your corporations who might like to lead an initiative. Yeah. Maybe they would like to be the one who sets up, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is because you have to have touch points. So you yeah. have, or, you know, you have colleague resource groups, you know, we call them CRGs. You have um, philanthropy, you know, volunteer opportunities. We have a good forward program. I think what happens is, we get so spun around the market share <laughs> and we get so spun yeah. around the stock value. And then we just stop thinking about people as individuals. So what does a leader do? A leader only has to meet someone like me and feel moved yeah. and feel touched and ask the question. So where do I start? Well, it starts with you. So as the leader, you have opportunities to listen to books, to read podcasts, to mute, you need to get in touch with someone that's going to help you get in touch with yourself, whether yeah. that's a corporate coach. Um, you know, a great place to start is with someone like Paul Harry, who is yep. a belonging heart-based leadership uh, coach. He can come into the corporation and offer opportunities. I have a whole consortium of people that I work with that help me put these programs into position. You could start with yep. next week. You could start with just, a day of joy. And what does that look like to your employees? Well, it starts out in the morning with coffee. It's a get to know the leader. 
Another way to impact your employees as a leader is to get a list A to Z and start calling five people a day. It's a you it's a five minute phone call. It's a touch point. Hey, I'm XYZ. Uh, I wanted to know who you were. It's kind of like the um, it's the backwards way of connecting. So don't just call people when they do something good. Yeah. You know, to call them to say congratulations, but pick up the phone and call your people and know who they are. And then you start to have this opportunity to remember, connect and celebrate with the people that work for you. So I know leaders are busy and I know leaders are, you know, steering the ship, but the ship doesn't sail if your crew isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it. Yep, absolutely. So there has to be there has to be time and opportunity for connection. And it takes a chief joy officer or someone that can come in and kindle joy as a consultant. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's it's an opportunity to sit down and take a look at what you have, what you've done, and what are we going to do in the future? Because I like to say it's sort of like behavior modification. You really can't change what's been done, but yeah. you can ask, what are we going to do about it now? And now is here. So how do we change the future by working on the present with tools and programs and workshops and opportunities for people to dream again, to see themselves in a different role or to have the opportunity to be mentored? Do you have mentorship programs in your corporation inside and outside? And what do you do to help people feel valued in that they're not just collecting a paycheck? So it's a it's a reciprocity. It's a two-way street. Yeah, You're giving out so. a paycheck, but your employees are collecting it. And what happens in between? And it's a matter of opening up boardrooms, flattening leadership levels, allowing other people to come to the conversation, inviting the least hired, like the last hired person, because it's generational. Yeah, You know, what do our different generations of people want, need, and see? What is it that makes them loyal? What is it that brings them their integrity? Because what a 70-year-old and a 60-year-old is looking for in a corporation is very different than what a 24-year-old out of university is looking for. Yeah. yeah. So conversations around what motivates you, you know, having an ear to the ground, even using a program like Harkin. Harkin is a new program out there that Heaton works with, our friend from Iceland. Yep chief happiness officer of Iceland and it's it's done in anonymity and it's a program that employees can actually express themselves in anonymity but then the leadership gets a report on what's happening in the company so that's something that people could take a look at too which is also affordable yeah and it's like some of the things you've been you've been saying you know they don't have to cost a lot the c suite and the you know the director level or you know over in the us it's vps and and presidents divisional um presidents and things like that but whoever whoever's in charge whether whether it's a you know a departmental manager or a or a senior executive you know you can make some time in your diary you know if it's not every day or every week Yes. If it's a, if it's two or three times a month, you do that personal reach out to somebody a lot lower down in the organization. Imagine the impact. I, I can imagine that would be phenomenal for the person to get that phone call um, from somebody that they probably would never usually get to talk to in the business. A lot of the a lot of the clients that I have over here in the UK are, are, are not so much your 
you know, global multinationals with, with tens of thousands or uh, of employees, you know, some of them could be, you know, a business turning over 50 million, a hundred million uh, pounds. They, they might have a hundred, they might have 400 employees. So it, it, it's different. So, um, but every company, every leader in every company can, can do something that they're not doing today, even if it was one tiny little thing. And if all the leaders in that business from the board down through the organization, if every leader and manager just chose to do one extra thing, even if it was one thing a week, then you're looking at the whole organization. have got a number of different sort of things happening across the grid where people are thinking, Hey, somebody's noticed or somebody's, somebody's asked how I was, you know, it can be little, yeah. just little things. Can't it joy can be such a, I honestly think it, it, it is a game changer. I, I probably shut out a lot of joy from my, not necessarily my life, but my my sort of working life in, in different parts over the years because you just, as you said earlier, you know, a lot of people are just on that hamster wheel and you just, yeah. you know, you go to work like a robot, you do what you're told. Yeah. Well, most people do. I've never been that good at doing that. But um, I just, I was in a, like a big department store and when you walk in through the front doors, they had a chalkboard wall and they okay. had like a, a bucket of chalk. And it was for not the consumer. It was the employees when they went in every day, they wrote down what they were grateful for. Yeah. It was a wall of gratitude. Yeah. And as a consumer, as I walked through the doors, I actually, I mean, I don't know how many people noticed, but I noticed and I started reading what people were grateful for. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a great way to enter, you know, a corporation. I know another person, uh, Brent Pullman, who is the CEO of Midwest Laboratories, which is an ag business yeah. out in Midwest. When you walk into the front of his building, his mother was a prayer warrior. They have a huge wall. It's a prayer wall. Okay. And if you have a prayer request, and I know that's like mixing, but you know, this is this is what his company does. Yeah. And then he prays for people as the CEO. He wow. keeps track of those pieces of paper. Yeah. And then like when they have a town hall, they speak to it. So I think it's really important to get employees together. And I know mm. some people will say, well, we can't break the line. We can't have a talk. You know, we need to keep manufacturing. We can't stop the conveyor belt, whatever it is. But yeah, if you gave your people 15 minutes live of a, of a meeting, like with someone like me that comes in as a motivational speaker, that changes the temperature and the energy in the room. And then yeah. they go off and do their job differently. The yeah. other thing, too, is I think I love Zoom and we're on it right now. But there's just so much fatigue with being online. Our eyes are always attached to something, whether it's our phones, our computers, our laptops, our televisions. Yeah. You need rest. And I think when you bring people in live to speak, you're using all of your senses. Yeah. And you're bringing people in. And I also hand out little pieces of paper that are under the seat that people pull during the presentation. So now it's more tangible. It's in their hand. I ask for interaction. You know, you have to get people engaged with all of their senses. Yeah. You know, we listen, we look, we hear. How do you engage, you know, the kinesthetic aspect of joy? Because joy is better experienced, right? Joy is something that we do that's shared. It isn't just me lecturing about it. It's yeah. giving activities and opportunities for people to actually create more of it 
and then all of a sudden realize it's bubbling up and welling inside of them yeah and their neuro, their neurochemistry changes you it's get the multiplier those- effect isn't it yeah you're not going to keep joy to yourself well right. some people might but you know if you're feeling joy you're feeling joyful about something or your job or or something you, your team's doing you want yeah. people to share that with you don't you joy's uh, it's joy is okay for the individual but it, it i i i feel that it's multiplied up so many more times when you can share something with somebody else and that makes you both joyful or a team or it just feels extra 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 special you know so why wouldn't anybody want to embrace a bit of joy yeah well if you look at like social media right now and you've a couple of books have been like their joy seems to all of a sudden be something that people are looking at both personally i feel that i've been in this space for a long time but i'm seeing more and more people speak to it and how do you get to the neurobiology of it and how do you actually get it to infiltrate into a team and is it something that you can produce or is it something that you can induce and i think it's a Mm. little bit of both and i think that joy can be induced because as you say it has reciprocity so if you have a team that's doing something like serving the poor food or they're uh, making meal packages or they're writing cards for people in a nursing home at first it might seem mundane but after that 30 45 minute workshop and you can do them over lunch right yeah all of a sudden the next team that comes in is picking up on the vibration of the just did the activity yeah and now you've got raised energy and that leaves your workplace and that goes home and people bring that joy home And that can change, you know, not everybody goes home to love. Absolutely. A lot of people go home to lonely. Yeah. Uh, And loneliness is the number one epidemic in the world right now. So lonely people don't have joy. So it starts, it just takes a spark. That's why I'm called the joy kindler, because I kindle joy with one spark. And then when you have a spark, you have other people coming to that light. And it's just about positivity and am i always this way no i have moments too but i know how to bring it i know how to tap into it and i know what to do to change my own circumstances so that i can show up as me and actually impact you and that's what it that's really what joy is about joy is about impact joy is about fingerprinting joy is about what do you leave behind joy is about legacy joy has so much to do with just living it's a birthright yeah joy is eternal joy is given to us at birth i don't know how we lose it but i just feel that there needs to be a reminder and that we can take people back to their own soul song and that changes everything yeah because when you hear your own soul song in your job you're going to do your job better because your job has meaning so when i go to work every day What I think about is the lives of the patients that I'm impacting downstream. So I may be conversing with healthcare providers and I may be providing intellectual clinical data, but in the end, the outcome is to be passionate about patients and patient focused. So when I go to work every day, I recognize all of the people behind me that I'm supporting and whose roles I'm providing an opportunity for the packaging team, the manufacturing team, the scientists, all the people that touch the product that I represent until it gets into the patient's hand. 
So if you've got people on a manufacturing line creating a Gidget that's going to go into another product that's going to make somebody else's life easier, that's completely different than just going to work every day and working the line. You actually understand that there's an outcome that's going to benefit somebody. So as leaders, if you can instill that viewpoint in your employees, that it isn't just putting about the cap, it isn't just putting about the cap on the bottle, or it isn't just about making the the spring that's going to go in something that's going to make something else work. I mean, we can go like full full force on just talking about that. Yeah. But what is it that you're a part of? Do you understand the bigger picture? And when you're coming to work every day, is that bigger picture driving you to be your ultimate best? I think that captures so much about what's great in manufacturing and the opportunities in manufacturing. And if people can align what their own purpose is, what they want to get out of life, what they want to get out of a out of a job, and then align that to different types of businesses or different career paths, I think everything would run a lot smoother. But you've you've you have absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's about purpose, isn't it? It's about your why. And it's about the business's why as well. So wow, we've covered so much ground, uh, Vicky, in a short space of time on this podcast. I know I'm going to be talking to you in more detail about joy offline and when we meet up next. Um, but in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me on Insights for Manufacturing. This is going to be the last podcast of the year. So when this comes out, it will be, I think, Friday the 22nd of December. So what a, what a great way to end the year. So uh, it's been a, a real joy to have you uh, join me on the podcast today. So Vicky O'Grady-Longo, the Joy Kindler, thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, so it, I hope the audience have, uh, you know, got some really good takeaways there from that discussion. Joy is for everybody. It doesn't have to cost a lot. Sometimes, no. very often, it costs nothing. So, no. uh, well, I, I wish everybody a, a very happy and, and peaceful Christmas and New Year. Um, Vicky, thanks again. We'll see you soon. And that wraps up thank today's you. episode of Impulse for Manufacturing. Any last any last thoughts, Vicky? No, just if people are interested in having a discovery call to talk about it, I can be reached at thejoykindler.com. And if you'd like to know more of the backstory about who I am, I published a chapter in a book called Mission Hope. And this is available on my website, thejoykindler.com. And it's a little six-page story about how I found joy and how you can too. Fantastic. Well, that sounds like a a story to read maybe on Christmas Eve. Sure. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Vicky. Uh, Good to see you. And uh, we'll see everybody else in 2024 for season five of Insights for Manufacturing. So thanks very much and see you next time. Choose joy. Bye-bye.